Have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Last Sunday I spoke on revival, our need for revival. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14, tells us what we need for revival. God said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And one of the keys to this revival is pray. If my people will pray. Jesus' disciples watched him pray. And they asked him here in Luke 11 if Jesus would teach them to pray. And Jesus showed by his life just how important prayer was. He'd go off and spend time by himself with the Father. So Jesus gives some special instructions on prayer here. So let's read Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. And the Bible says, And it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased... One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, as in earth, as in heaven, as uh, so in earth. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil and he said unto them which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him and he from within shall Answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as me as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Let's pray. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I stopped too early. I had to have him highlight it, and I thought that's where I stopped at. Verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of you... Of any of you, that is his father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he, give, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give you, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask you? Ask him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time together. Lord, we come to you in prayer, and Lord, that's such a special uh, condition. Now we have an opportunity to come before you in, in your presence. And even though I'm standing here behind this pulpit, Father, I, can, I am in the 
presence of you. Asking, Father, that you'll just guide me through this, direct my words, open up the hearts of the people, let them see how important prayer is to you. That you want to hear from us. And Lord, let me share what you've laid on my heart. Lord, just be with us in this service. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> this is not the first time that Jesus has given them instructions on prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, he gave them the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Jesus said, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So there's two different times here. That one was a little bit longer, a little bit more drawn out than this one. This is more of a condensed thing because Jesus wanted to give them the form again on how you should pray, but he also wanted to give them some instructions. So after following Jesus and being taught how to pray, there is still that desire to learn more about prayer. The disciples just wanted to learn more and more and more about prayer. And this is how we should be in our life. We never should get to the point where we say, okay, you know, I pray enough. I, I, pray, I pray the right way. I pray as often as I should. It's, it's never enough. Always wanting to learn more. And the more you know about prayer, the stronger your prayer life will be. And who better to teach us about prayer than Jesus? Many of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life has come through prayer. And I know that's true in your life, too. So how should we pray? When well, our text, the Lord gives us four great instructions on prayer. First, Jesus gives us the example of the persistent friend. And when it comes to prayer, the Lord wants us to have the same kind of determination that we see in these verses here. Look at verses 5 through 8 one more time. He says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For, the, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise to give him, because he is a, his friend, yet because of his uh, importunity will he rise and give him as many as he needeth. <coughs> the man came to his friend's door at midnight to get bread. He had a friend coming to his house. He had no food for him. And he needed the bread to feed his friend. And he was determined. He was persistent. He wasn't going to give up. And this is how we need to be in our prayer life. Uh, James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The fervent prayer, the determined prayer, 
The, the praying always, never giving up, never, never taking a break, never stopping. Our prayers must be energized and determined. The man was determined to have his request answered. He didn't care if it was late. He didn't care if the door was already shut. He didn't care if the kids were asleep. He kept asking. It's the same kind of attitude we need in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. We don't have to come whimpering into God's presence saying, I don't know if I should be here or not, God, but I have a request. No, God says you can come boldly into the throne of grace. You can come boldly before God. Why? Because you are his child. My children never have to sit back and wonder, I don't know if I should ask dad or not. I don't know if I should talk, talk to mom or not. They know they can come and talk to us and ask us about anything, anytime, any place, anywhere. They may not get the answer they want, but they can come. We are to come boldly. Knowing that God has all that we need. It's where we go to get mercy and grace and help to help in times of need. It's no bad time to pray. This was an urgent situation. It was a midnight request, pleading for food for his friend. But the person in the house was asleep, his children were asleep. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says that, um, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him bread because he is his friend, yet because he is of his inopportunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. It's interesting, isn't it? It didn't matter if the man was his friend. He didn't care about that. He was going to say, no, go away. The door shut. The kids were asleep. I'm not getting up. But because he would not stop, the man got up, gave him what he needed. Because he passionately cried out with persistence and boldness. He didn't care if he woke up the whole neighborhood. He wasn't embarrassed. He wasn't afraid of being rejected. He just kept on asking. He didn't give up, and neither should we. God loves us much more than a sleepy dad at midnight. He's there waiting to hear from us. And listen, if you pray about something one time to God and don't pray about it again, God knows that you're not serious about that. God knows that that's not a desire that you have. But when God sees that you keep coming back to him over and over and over again with the same request, he realizes that you have a need, that you're, you're passionately crying out to God to, for him to answer. He wants to see if you're serious. Why was this man so determined? Well, he had a friend coming who came and, 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 and he didn't have any food. He was determined because he faced a need that he couldn't possibly meet on his own. Now, how many times do we face needs that we can't meet on our own? Family problems, health problems, the nation, the world. We surely face needs that we cannot meet on our own. Where do we go? It's not a time to give up. It's a time to pray with more determination and more boldness, more faith, knowing that God alone has the answer. Well, we must be like this persistent friend. Next, Jesus shows us God's promises. Look at verses 9 and 10. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Here Jesus tells us, don't give up. 
Ask, keep asking. Seek, keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. In these two verses here, the Lord's promises to answer our prayers, not once or twice, but six different times in those two verses. And these promises cover every situation. We ask for what we want. We seek for what we miss. We knock when we feel like we're shut out from something. And everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, everyone who trusts in God to call on him in prayer will receive an answer. So we should keep asking, seeking, knocking. Never give up because God will, will hear and answer our prayers. That's a promise. You know, sometimes I feel, I feel like when I told the kids that, uh, you know, it's hard to, te- hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And, and in some ways it's true. Because we get so uh, caught up in our own life and we try to take care of things ourselves. And usually we go to God as a last resort or... Or, or formality. It's either formality, like, you know, we pray every morning, we pray for, before meals, we pray at night, and that's it. And then if some special situation comes up, then we pray for about that. But our prayer to God should be more like a journal. People keep journals all the time. They write down things they think about during the day and things that are going on and situations that happen, and they journal their whole life. And, some people blog about it online and stuff like that, but our prayer life should be like a journal. We go to God because he loves us and he cares about us because he wants to hear from us. We don't have to go to him because I need this or, or somebody else needs that or, or we're looking for this or we're seeking that. We should go to God and say, hey, God, I just want to talk to you because I love you. I know you love me. Praise him for loving you. Praise him for, for being there for you whenever you need. But go to him for the answers you need. Third, Jesus also gives us an example of the parent's love. We can always trust the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. Look at verses 11 through 13. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, and he give him a stone, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks of a fish, will for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, and how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? What better example of prayer than a child uh, going to a loving parent? Most parents love their children and make sacrifices to give them everything that they can. We would never give them a rock when they ask for bread. We would never give them a snake if they wanted a fish. We would never give them a scorpion if they wanted an egg. We would never intentionally hurt our children. And God wants us to see the compassion of the earthly parents Compared to our Heavenly Father, God will never give us something that's going to hurt us. Look at the qualities of our Heavenly Father, just like our, our earthly father, a good earthly father. He takes time for us. He listens to us. He wants us to go places with Him. He lets us stay, say what we think. He only punishes us when we deserve it. He is a good father. In Psalms, 
103, verses 8 through 14, the Bible says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always uh, chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dwelled with us after our sins, nor recorded, our, uh, nor recorded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, and so great is his mercy towards us that fear him, as far as the east is from the west, and so far hath he removed our transgressions from us, <coughs> like as the Father pitteth his children, so the Lord pitteth them that fear him. For he knoweth our fame, he remembereth that we are dust. These verses are a great comfort to us. Though Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, we have uh, the best Father who loves us beyond measure. He knows us. He knows that we were in, our, in transgression and sin. He knows that we had iniquity in our hearts. He took it away from us as far as the east is from the west. He knows that we're nothing but dust that he blew life into. But he is a devoted, loving father who hears the prayers of his children. Why do we not pray more? I find myself sometimes wanting to talk to Dad, and Dad passed away a couple years ago, and I still want to go talk to him, and, and then I sit and think I can talk to my Heavenly Father, and I don't talk to him nearly as much as I should, nearly as often as I should. I told the kids, you can pray anytime. Pray about everything. Pray anywhere. Why don't we pray more? I think Jesus is saying right here, if you have your Father with you now, you know how important it is to talk to him. If you don't have your father here with you now, then you know how much you, you would love to talk to him again. Go talk to your heavenly father. Because he loves you, he knows you, he cares for you. Finally, Jesus gives us the example of God's perfection. Verse 13 again says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Notice what Jesus says here, how He describes good dads. He says they're evil. He says, you, get, you good dads being evil, you know how to give good gifts. We are evil. The Bible says for all of sin to come short of the glory of God, but our Heavenly Father is perfect. We can always count on our Heavenly Father to answer our prayers in the best possible way. It may not be the way we want, but he will answer them in the best possible way for us, for his glory, for his pleasure. God has perfect, is per, he's perfect in knowledge. Isaiah 40, 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bring out their hosts by number? He calleth them all by name, by the greatness of his might, for he that is strong in power not one faileth. God knows the names of all the stars. All the billions and billions of stars in our universe and other universes. He knows every name. And now look at Matthew uh, 10.30. But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. He also knows the number of the hairs on your head. For some of us it's easier than others. But he knows all about us. He knows what we need. He has perfect knowledge, not just of his universe, but of 
his creation. And God knows everything, past, present, and future. In Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. God's always been. He knows what happened before your life. He knows what's happening to you now. He knows what your, whole, your future holds. Why do you not go pray to him? If you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I don't know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to be doing next year. God knows. Go to him. What does it say? He says, my counsel shall stand. Who better to hear our prayers than someone whose, whose will will never change? God also knows our heart. In Psalms 33, 13 through 15, it says, The Lord looketh from heaven, and he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his inhabitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. <coughs> he fashioned their hearts alike. He considered all their works. You know, you can't never go to God and say, God won't understand, or, or God doesn't know how I feel, or, or he doesn't know what I'm going through. He's never experienced anything like this. God doesn't know. God knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly how you feel because he made your heart. He's considered all your, your works. He knows how you're feeling. He knows what you're thinking. God Only, only God understands us because he made us. God has perfect knowledge, and he has perfect power. All things are possible with God. The greatest power of all is that he has saved our soul. He has the power to forgive sin, the power to give us eternal life. Perfect knowledge, perfect love, perfect power. Why don't we pray more? Why are we not praying as we should? You know, the pastor that was here uh, a couple of Sundays ago, he mentioned, he said, uh, he said, churches don't even have prayer meetings anymore, and it's true. We've lost this idea that uh, there's some things we don't need in our lives anymore. Some things are old-fashioned, but prayer should never become old-fashioned. With prayer, you don't ever have to worry about whether or not God will give you his Holy Spirit. You don't have to worry if God wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you so much that he will give you good things. He loves you so much that he will give you the best. The best thing that you can ever happen in your life is salvation. Is knowing who Jesus is. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I call upon the name of the Lord. Sometimes we forget that call is a prayer. I remember sitting in a dark living room, crying into a Bible. I prayed for the first time. I prayed a lot of times before that, but God didn't hear them. I prayed for this and I prayed for that, but I was not a child of God. I was waiting for this one prayer that I prayed that, that evening when I said, Lord, 
I am just a miserable, worthless sinner. And I don't know why you love me, but your word says it does. And so I accepted Christ as my Savior through a prayer. Why? Because he was listening. He never stopped. He heard hundreds of prayers that I prayed, and he just turned his back because he said, you're not my child. I can't answer your prayers because you don't belong to me. You're a child of Satan. You're lost in your trespasses and sins until you see who Jesus Christ is. I can't listen to you. But the minute I started confessing Jesus Christ as my Savior, he perked up and turned to me and said, Come unto me. All these are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. We can pray and expect our Heavenly Father to do great things. We should lift up prayers and praise to, for God's infinite goodness. We should pray with thanksgiving for God's amazing love and mercy and grace. We should pray to draw closer to God, to seek his face. We should pray for the sick, the grieving, and the lost. We should pray for our families, our church, and other churches, and our nation, and our leaders. We should pray with persistence and pray uh, uh, great faith in God's promises and pray the understanding that it's our Heavenly Father and pray knowing that our God is perfect in every way. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, you'll soon revive them. Are we ready to pray? Are we ready to pray as we should? What is it going to take to get us to understand our Father's longing to hear from us? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Revival is something we need. before we pray because I think sometimes our pride keeps us from praying the way we should church we need to be praying more we need to be crying out to God more if we're more humble we'll become more broken more broken about the situations in our country in our community, more situation, broken about the drug problems, broken about uh, people who are lost, broken about the, the condition of our churches, broken about everything that's just not right with God. If we humble ourselves, we realize that we can't make any kind of difference aside from prayer. But there in prayer is a Heavenly Father who loves you who wants to give you his best and give you good gifts and let you know that he's on your side and he's there to help and, and he'll make a way when you don't see a way. We don't need to find the answers. We need to go take it to the Lord and let him have it. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can pray all day long, but the only prayer he wants to hear from you is that you Realize that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior and that you know that Jesus is it. And when you cry and accept Christ as your Savior, He'll forgive you. He'll take those transgressions and sins away from you. As far as the East is from the West, He will fill you with the righteousness of His Son. And when He looks at you, He won't see what you once was. He'll see what you are now, a child of God. 
and he'll pour his Holy Spirit inside of you. And you'll be sealed until the day of redemption. But church, if you're here today and you belong to him and your prayer life is not where it needs to be, and I don't think anybody's prayer life is where it needs to be because we're a work in progress. We're growing to be what God wants us to be. But we need to be praying, seeking his face, taking all of our concerns to him, he has good gifts for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your special words you give us, Father. I thank you for the instructions you have there from Jesus. That we need to be persistent, Father, in coming to you. We can't stop. The example of you being a good father. There's no evil in you because you're perfect. You made us to have a relationship with you. Why are we waiting until we get to heaven when we can have a relationship with you right now? Every time we call upon your name, you're listening. If we lean into you, you lean into us. What a beautiful picture that is. Father, help us with all of our concerns and our problems. Help us with all the sick and hurting. But Lord, help us also just to realize that you love us so much. You just want us to talk to you. And Lord, fill us with your love and your mercy and your grace. Forgive us of our sins. Help us to turn away and repent. And help us to pray more. Father, we all love you and we thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing our closing.